dope. <laughs> oh, do I get to do the intro this time? Uh, if you want to. Okay, cool. <laughs> Let's do that. Be interesting. Welcome to another episode of All Because of a Curly Straw. Uh, today is a different episode than normal. Uh, we're going to be talking about my fan continuity, since we all got some continuities and probably have ideas that we want to talk about for it. And Yoali is here as well. Hello. Yes. <laughs> we were supposed to read Primacy, but... It's been a bit of a hectic week, so we're gonna just go ahead and talk about, I guess, like, <laughs> my stuff today, right now. Yeah, it's your, it's an ID, it's an, it's a continuity based, uh, a bit on IDW, right? I just have it named IDW3 because I didn't know what else to call it. <laughs> mm, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, like, supposed to be a joke. That if there was another, like, continuity that IDW would have made with, like, a Transformers comic, then IDW3 would have been mine. Mmm, <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> it was, uh, to put it, I guess, like, in a more simple way, it's just a power move. <laughs> <laughs> Assert your dominance. Assert my dominance by making my continuity happen in official uh transformers <laughs> media if only just like t posing in front oh t posing in front of hasbro like let me write another continuity yes let me do it please it'd be so fun but um yeah so i have a lot for it but also not a lot I started writing up the lore for it, which honestly is the most interesting part of it for me because I like world building a lot. And Hell yeah. so we have like mythological lore specifically, and then we also have uh, cultural, like anthropo anthropology, mm -hmm. like lore wise, but I haven't written that much out for that yet. So we'll have to get, stick with mythology for now. But I have like. A lot of content for that, at least. RDW3. And also just, like, a lot of other ideas. <clears throat> in general. For this continuity, at least. Also, I hope my Shock audio up. is okay. <laughs> Shock up. <laughs> True. I'm gonna make it canon. Make Shock Here. up canon. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Making Shock up canon. This would be great. Um... Let's see. Where should I start off with, though? Hmm. You this can start with question. whatever you want. <laughs> True. Um, this is your episode today. This is my episode today. I guess, like, I can start off with... Yeah, let's just go with the mythological lore. So I've been typing up a lot for that. Especially in regards to, like, the 13 Brimes and everything, or the Allspark. And essentially what it is, and also the birth of Unicron and Primus, which are, like, a little bit more different in comparison to past continuities, I would say, because the way I've written it is that they're supposed to be... They're 
twins, like spark twins, essentially. Mm. And there's more like celestial entities and everything. And they're the equivalent of like our concept of yin and yang. And so like oh. one cannot exist without the other. Oh, that's so interesting. Primus was supposed to represent positive energy in the universe. And she is the light side. Yes. Also her pronouns are she, her. She, her Primus. Because, yes. She, her Primus. Hell yeah. She, her Primus. Um, and then we have Unicron, who is negative energy. And he is the darkness. But it's like, I don't know. It's not supposed to represent evil and everything. It's just more like that's what he represents and such. Like, I don't know. Without death. Or, like, without life, there's no death and such like that. So, it's just more, like, bringing balance and everything. But, uh, yeah. Um, Unicron was technically evil, but that's not because, you know, he's... <laughs> not because he's, like, the negative energy in the universe. That's just him. He's just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he definitely held this view that, like, any lesser being had the potential to destroy and kill, and he didn't want that. And so he went on a conquest to try and erase the universe where no evil exists, essentially. So, but Primus was like, nah, we, you can't do that. <laughs> because, nah, like, mate, I'm gonna yeah. stop you right there. I'm gonna stop you. And she is like, you cannot dictate life like that. You should just let it happen. But he didn't like that. So obviously they disagreed for a bit until uh, Unicron started hating the organics like more and more and more. And so he tried to use the Allspark to essentially destroy the universe or and destroy planets. But then Primus was like, I have to stop him. And so she made the 13. And the 13 in this case are a, a giant combiner mecha. <clears throat> Oh, that's cool. So they're already really huge, but when they're combined together, they're the size of a planet. So they're supposed to be similar size to Primus and Unicron, essentially. Oh, that's cool. A 13-bot combiner. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Because the combiners that we know, like, usually, they're five or six. Um... But then having one that's 13. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So I had to visualize it specifically because, like, there's 13 and there's so many. <laughs> I think the way I did it, if I remember correctly, is that Prima, they're the head and they're the leader. And they're the helm. And then under them is Solus, who is the forge. So she has the forge, essentially, but also is the heart of it. So she acts as, like, I guess, like, the energy core mm -hmm. and and the upper chest portion. And then, like, the rest of them kind of go off into either being, like, limbs or the rest of the torso. I have to remember it because there's 13 right, so one. Yeah, okay. So... <laughs> <clears throat> There were, like, some of them that acted as, like, a bicep or a forearm, essentially, and stuff like that. So they were, like, two 
of the 13 that had to act as a limb, essentially. And then one of them uh, ended up being the weapon as well. And I think the weapon is... Oh, which one is the weapon? One of them turned into a sword. <laughs> is what? Oh, that's cool. It is. Yeah. I can't remember who turned into the sword. <laughs> it might be I the one who notes. holds the Blades of Time. I didn't, like, put too much detail to that one yet, essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think it might be Vector Prime that turns into the sword, because he has the Blades of Time. Oh, what's the Blades of Time? It's, it's like the weapon that uh, Solus made for Vector, essentially. Oh. And how it worked. I like I looked a lot at a lot of TF Wiki to be honest to see like what I could implement from past continuities, since I wanted in this case that any time there is an like a new official prime, like chosen, they get special weapons. Made by Ooh. like Solus Prime herself, which is why later in the continuity, when Solus Prime finally meets Optimus and Rodimus, she's like, "I made these weapons for you," and then hands Aww. them like to them. So like Rodimus oh, gets to have cool. a really cool flame sword, which I got the idea from like the Kudokadakuri um, Rodimus toy because I saw he had a big flame sword, and I was like, "That's really cool. <laughs> I want him." Oh, to have that's that. cool. I like that. And then Optimus, of course, gets a big battle axe. And so. Ye. Official Primes do get very cool weapons that they can wield. So they're supposed to be, like, specific Whoa. to their personalities and stuff like that. <laughs> it's their personalities and their powers. Yes. It's very, very, very cool. Um, yeah, so, I don't know, there's, like, the 13, and they're a combiner, and I think it's super cool that they're a combiner, because <laughs> it definitely just seems like Voltron vibes, but, you know, <laughs> combiners are always cool. Yeah, I really like combiners, uh, though sometimes they're not used in the best way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at, at that fucking, what was that? cartoon called the one that gave um tarn a an a southern accent what was that cyberverse no i think uh, it was oh machinima machinima oh okay i didn't i didn't know tarn showed up in another oh no it wasn't tarn it was okay overlord, was overlord? oh okay yeah okay. it was overlord <laughs> i was like tarn with the southern accent that's crazy i could not imagine that i was like that's so weird to me because I have this, like, voice for him set in stone. So it's... <laughs> oh, what's his voice? Uh, he... It's the... I'll send it to you, actually, because there's a voice actor for him, and the character specifically that he voice acts for is literally just Tarn. <laughs> but it from League of Legends, which is really funny to me. Um, do I want... Yeah, I'll just take Project Jin. But every time I like listen to this person's voice, I'm like, wow, this is Jin. <laughs> or this is Tarn. <laughs> Interesting. Like, yes. It's very good. I like his voice. And also his personality is very much like Tarn's, I would say. He's mm. obsessed with music. 
Spin, the virtuoso. Yes. But uh, anyway, uh, it makes regards oh to the Oh my god, lore. <laughs> I listened to it. <laughs> oh my god. Do you see it? I see it. <laughs> I see it, I, see I do it. see it. Oh my god. Oh, I like it. I like it. You, you are very good at choosing voices. I, Thank um, you. A lot of people are very good at like uh, fan casting characters, voice claim, face claim, and I'm just like sitting here, like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> it's always I don't know how difficult. I don't know how to do vibes. Help me. It's so difficult. I like. Oh man, I can't find a voice for Drift. It's like making me mad. I'm trying so hard because I want to make sure the voice actor also that I choose for Drift is Japanese because she's she's Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like really hard sometimes. But Tarn was easy because there's literally just a, a person, an equivalent of him in League of Legends. Like he's also a mass murderer. <laughs> so, mass who murderers. wears a mask? <laughs> so they just, the man has been typecast he has been it's just very good but anyway. i've also been typecast but that's a whole another story <laughs> oh <laughs> fair but um so there's a thing in there the combine the combiner uh and then eventually like unicron gets is defeated but uh so he just is sent off and enters a deep slumber, and so he doesn't come back for like, I don't know, millions of years. And Primus like gets away from him. So like, I have it in my continuity that every few, I don't know, every like, either like every billion years or something like that, Primus the the planet itself shifts and moves into like a different um solar system. Oh, that's interesting. And so time changes constantly. Um, depending on, like, when, what, like, type of solar system they enter. Which I think is, I don't know, I think it's cool because it's, like, wandering planet type deal. So, but yeah, uh, that happens, and then some of the 13 leave the planet, some of them stay, until, like, the first, uh, city-state is created, which is Nova Cronum. So Nova Cronum is, like, the oldest city-state on the planet. Um... And what's fun about Novacronum is that it's like not all not only like culturally and historically rich, it uh there's like the inner sanctum which is which leads down to a labyrinth that would go all the way down to Primus herself, like at least her face, where you could like interact with her. And Oh, no one's is this been... okay, I'm not gonna spoil it, but is this the bumblebee thing? Yes. This oh. is the bumblebee thing. So Novacronum is that spot. Um, yeah, I think I'm excited for that part, too. <laughs> uh, so there's that, and then, uh, was the first, there's, like, the first government that's established, which I think is the Covenant, I think it's called? Yeah, they're, they're called the Covenant. Mm -hmm. But the Covenant is, like, very, it's a little bit more religious-based, I think, but they eventually start using, um, Primus as an excuse to oppress people. And so, like, eventually there's the War of the Covenant, the, the War of the Covenant, where Di Atlas is, like, one of the generals that is against them, and he's, like, a devout follower of Primus, and he's, like, they're using her name in, like, the for the wrong reasons. 
I think in yeah. Christianity, it's like taking the Lord's name in vain. Yes. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is something similar to that. And so Diatlas like leads that charge and eventually, you know, um, that war happens and we get to see some of that in like flashbacks and also, I don't know, maybe there could be like a one shot or something where it's just that war, like a historical, a little historical fiction piece, maybe, which would be fun. Oh, I like historical fiction. It's really fun. It is very fun. Um, so we also like get to meet a, a few characters from that like era. So there's Diatlas, obviously, but there's also Chromia and Windblade. And they're really old in this continuity. Like they're grandmas when we get to like present day. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. Lesbian yeah. grandmas. They are lesbian grandmas. Like uh Windblade came from Caminus and she essentially like uh answered the call to diet when dietless was like i need people to help me you know take down this corrupt government and so she you know went and helped and then she met chromia and then they ended up getting married <laughs> after the Aww, war and chromia went back with windblade to caminus and they essentially just like grew old together um which oh, really I nice. like that oh my god i love windblade and chromia being together they're just they're red and blue. They deserve to be together. They are red and blue. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> you have fallen into the red and blue trope. It's really good, though. It's a good it trope. Is. <laughs> like it. Um, but there's that. There, so, like, we have a little Caminus side storyline as well, because I want to focus on Caminus and Velocitron and everything, because... Some of the characters I've moved around or like changed the origin stories. So like Drift is from Velocitron, so he doesn't get introduced Ooh. until like a lot later in the series until like the middle of the like present day war between Optimus and Megatron. Um, because like obviously like Velocitron and Caminus are both like, we're not participating in this. This is bullshit. Like you guys are stupid. <laughs> like war is stupid fight your own fight i yeah. you can't see me but i'm holding up my middle fingers <laughs> <laughs> but um there's supposed to be i'm going all over the place but this is just where my train of thought is going there's supposed to be we're supposed to meet drift through wing because wing is part of a party of neutrals and these mm -hmm. neutrals are are specifically people that defected from either sides of the war because obviously like people are getting wiser about it and they're like this war kind of sucks and i don't want to be a part of it anymore so like there's cyclonus that's also part of it because technically it's called the cyclonus squad is what i call Ooh. it Ooh, so I cyclonus like is technically the leader but he's like the neutral that runs it with wing who is the true neutral because wing never joined the side of the war and wing and cyclonus technically grew up together as like fighting together side by side because they're both uh part of the circle of light essentially because i still like the circle of light but it's just a little bit different this time so that like they both have those dope swords still oh interesting yeah i know for a fact like if that happens people are probably gonna like ship cyclonus and wing together and i'm like <laughs> i guess that's fair they grew up together <laughs> childhood together. friends childhood friends to lovers like i get it i see it <laughs> i yeah i get it too <laughs> 
So, like, I don't mind it too much. <laughs> yeah, my friend but... and I, we have a, a little story that's literally just between us. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, like, oh, if we ever get a hypothetical fan base, um, they're going to ship our self-inserts together. Um, <laughs> because she has a self-insert, I have a self-insert, uh, and nice. they're the main characters of the story. And uh, we were like, you know, they might ship us together. So <laughs> we made each other um, partners for our self-inserts. Nice. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. I always love, like, speculating about, ooh, I wonder what the fandom is going gonna, is gonna to think. Yeah, that would be funny. Like, oh, who's going to, like, obviously, like, who's going to ship who, like, within these characters, within this continuity? <laughs> Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just pushing my shock up agenda, obviously. But just like, it's just because put it in there, and then tell everyone just... you have to sh- ship them, or I will cry. <laughs> True. I hope. That's... <laughs> yeah, that'd be funny. Um, I don't know. There's like so many relationships I want to highlight too, because like there's Alita one and Moon Racer, which I really, really still like. Ooh. I think that's like one of my favorite ships that I made for the continuity and then i just ended up shipping them regardless so oh that's cute that sounds really yeah. cute is yeah. this is this like more of a g1 uh alita or more of an idw alita her design is very very heavily based off of idw alita but her personality is not based off of idw alita okay like she's because... a lot nicer <laughs> yeah because like, IDW1 Alita is very, very different from G1 oh, Alita. Yeah. She's, like, a girl boss, but, like, on a scarier level. Yeah. <laughs> and I really like it, but that's not my Alita, at least for the time being. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Interesting. And, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to be like, mm, yes, interesting. I like it yes. this whole episode because I have nothing to add. That's so fair. <laughs> Oh no! Cause I, it's it is my continuity. It's just like me just info dumping everything. But uh, so we get to present day. I will say that like, um, TFs live a really long time, but they are not immortal. Um, in order to achieve immortality, they have to go to one of the primes. I I believe. I wonder who it is. I can't remember. Uh, who is immortal? I can't remember. One of them is... Oh, there we go. Quintus Prime. Quintus. She's the one who holds the Ember, which is capable of creating or restoring life, and the 13 are immortal because of this artifact. And if they interact with the Ember, they also become immortal. And so Diatlas is like one of the more well-known TFs that has become immortal by interacting with this Ember. But he is like nowhere to be found on the planet he kind of just fucked off and is <laughs> like, like i don't like this war I'm, I'm, I'm leaving i i don't yeah, like he's this done war. with the war Fuck off. yeah he was done with the war of the covenant and then just left after that he's like my my job is done and then just leaves the planet and now like eventually they find diatlas again actually but he's like this old like yoda dude like he's just a gremlin of a man <laughs> And 
the the people who find him are Bumblebee and Rodimus because this is supposed to be part of the Mythos arc, which is after the war. But they oh. like Bumblebee and Rodimus just just find this de- old ass dude and they're like, what the heck? These teenagers find the um, oh, what's the word? Legendary man that left yeah. the war. Yep, and he's just an old old guy. He's going senile despite being a <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of, um, of the legend of how Ra, I think it's Ra, um, became immortal. Uh, mm-hmm. Because originally, the Egyptian gods weren't, like, immortal-immortal. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they could, like, grow old and go senile. Uh, yeah. And the, the myth that I'm remembering is that... Uh, Ra is like, oh, I'm losing my power. God damn it. Me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a stupid joke. Uh, I'm losing my powers. So he goes to his mother and he's like, okay, you need to rip out your eye. Uh, and that's where the eye of Ra came from. He rips out his eye oh. and it becomes a new goddess. And mm-hmm. it, it was a lion-headed goddess. And she's like very bloodthirsty. And she's just like... Ooh, and she's like eating all these people blah 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 <laughs> and uh that's that's like the story they like ha- tried to seduce a uh, su- subdue her not seduce subdue her uh and Ra takes uh some power out of her and then uh makes it into a new goddess and then he's like you know what i'm out i'm done with this and then he <laughs> and then he sheds his mortal form and he becomes like the sun, uh, for for real. Oh, okay, that's very interesting. I did not. So, know although that. he was immortal, he was still going senile. That's funny. <laughs> still going senile. That's I. I think that's just a funny trope. <laughs> immortal, but still like this crazy ass old man. I like that. I think that's just the way to go. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's Diatlas. So obviously people aren't immortal and Transformers do die of age. Uh, one example is Lance, which is based off of Larry Cullen, um, Peter Cullen's older brother, who Ooh. also was the inspiration for the voice of Optimus Prime. Oh, yeah. I saw something about that. Uh, yeah. be, be strong enough to be gentle, something like that. Yes. Be strong enough to be gentle. That is from Larry Cullen specifically, who told that to Peter Cullen. And I was like, that's really cool. I want to make a Transformer that is based off of him. So it's Lance. And he is Orion Pax's mentor. Oh, I like that. Yeah, so Orion Pax gets to grow up with this old veteran of a man. And he gets to hear war stories and everything, and he gets to hear everything. Because Lance served in the War of the Covenant, so he's pretty old. <laughs> um, and Lance was an like... An old man. An old man. And yeah, eventually like Lance comes back to Orion through like a dream. And we get to see like a flashback, essentially. Because this is where Orion is having a very hard time with being the new Prime. Like, he does not... In this case, like, I've made it that Optimus doesn't become Optimus until Orion accepts that part of himself. 
like at the beginning when he first becomes prime he does not want this responsibility he just wants to be some guy because he is just some guy at the beginning of the whole continuity like he's just a dock worker mm. and i do bring back dock worker ryan pax because that's honestly the best job i think that's the best job for optimus but <laughs> that's my bias <laughs> but yeah ryan's like i just want to be some guy and I just want to be some say. dude, some guy. I don't want this responsibility. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be leading these people and disappoint them. Like, I just... Sweetheart, you can never disappoint anyone. <laughs> so he, he, I don't know, there's just a lot of weight on him, and he's, he's not handling it very well. And so he has to have his mentor come back to him and be like, you know, don't be try to be a war hero or anything, just be strong enough to be gentle and then mm, i love that quote it's so good yeah. it's such a good quote <laughs> it is oh man i just like i always forget about like quotes because i don't have the best memory but then someone says it and then i just like get hit with all of the emotions at the same time like i've heard it for the first time i feel that so much <laughs> Yeah, be strong enough to be gentle is just such a good line. And I'm like, I want to put that in my writing because that is very, I think it's very, very, very essential to like Optimus Prime as a character, which is why like IDW Optimus makes me a little bit angry. <laughs> and other renditions of Optimus kind of pissed me off, like Bayverse. It's not. Yeah, those not Optimus. aren't Optimus. That's not him. That's not my dad. It's not my husband. <laughs> <laughs> um optimist but... fucker shush <laughs> they already know <laughs> our listeners already know i gushed about him the other day too in that in that one recording <laughs> just like ooh woo optimus <laughs> <laughs> so true um but yeah i don't know i think there's like something also interesting thematically and a way like it could be written in a really fun way is by having forcing a person to be in a leadership position where they don't want to be in it i know it's like somewhat of a common trope but i think it's always interesting to see because that just promotes a lot of character growth within a, someone so like orion obviously like not wanting to do this at first and then slowly being able to accept it and become optimist i think is really really good at least to me <laughs> Yeah, I don't I know like how I'll that. write it. <laughs> no idea how I'll write it, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm trying to also bring back Jazz into being like a major character because yeah. Jazz doesn't get enough love. And yeah, like seriously, why? Why is there like not that much stuff with Jazz? It's making me mad. <laughs> There's you one Jazz. There's TFA Jazz. He appeared for a little bit in um, Robots in Disguise and yep. in. Uh, what was. In uh, Optimus, the comic Optimus. Oh, yeah. IDW. So that's four. Yeah. That's four in like the however many years that <laughs> Transformers has been around. Yeah. It's 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 not enough, I feel. So I'm actually I have like 
a little mini series with jazz like there's the drift mini obviously so i want to do one with jazz instead because i actually do have like ideas that i want to do with him like first off he is a very famous musician like a world-class famous musician um he also owns a bar called jazz's and that's where he sometimes Ooh, performs like but he also just hangs out there and alita and he's friends with alita and orion uh pre-war because they go to his bar a lot and hang out because it's just like a nice local bar and such it's not like really expensive or anything it's just more like where jazz can hang out and do his thing and so oh, I like he's also that. a philanthropist a philanthropist like whenever he tours he always helps out like the people in that city state's dead end because dead there are dead ends everywhere on planet and so jazz just does everything he can to help them out um oh, the I little like mini series i have for him is his origin story essentially um it's him like being a world-class famous musician this is before he gets his bar also but he has a friend that's pretty dear to him named hubcap so we get to see hubcap for like one issue until uh he dies and <laughs> the <laughs> reason like, he dies you, you is from overdose uh of a drug that i took from like actual real life instances like so are you familiar with nos or nitrous oxide i think okay so nos or nitrous oxide is used to essentially increase oxygen flow within a car engine and make the car go faster so if you've ever seen like the fast and furious movies whenever they use nos and make it's like a, a little it gives a little boost to the mm. car when they're racing um i took that and made it into more like a drug <laughs> for transformers like they get high or something like that from it but it's really dangerous because it will literally cause their chassis to explode if they take <gasps> too much of it at once because oh. that's what happens to cars when you give it too much nos it causes the engine to explode so i took that concept because i thought that was really cool um because it, it has to do with vehicles like it, it actually just happens in real life so i was like that's cool oh that's I'll interesting um so and then when we would that have happens, thought of something like that yeah so there's like an illegal nos trade obviously his friend hubcap dies from overdosing because his chassis gets blown up and it's not Aww. good so his spark just is gone unfortunately and so jazz is like obviously really sad about it because like he lost one of his best friends because he was living with him and Aww. so at the funeral mirage shows up and mirage is like I can help you take down the people who are responsible for this. And Jazz is like, what are you talking about? And so Mirage takes Jazz back in like the very back alleyways of Polyhex, uh, which is like the biggest city state on the planet. And there's he leads into like a little um, warehouse that has this group of people. They're vigilantes and like there's spray paint everywhere. Like one of the the tfs is an artist and just draws murals and stuff like when he enters the warehouse there's like murals. no <laughs> it's Aww. actually an oc that i made oh cool i made a few characters for this for this issue specifically some of them i think i took from tf wiki because there's like obscure characters and i was like i can just grab them then if i wanted to so like hold on so there's Jazz, Hubcap, Mirage, there's Delta Magnus, Trick Diamond, Nightbird, Swindle, 
dieback etch mo and mo is from <laughs> the third party wing uh comic but i wanted to bring him in and make him official make them official because they are a canonically non-binary at least <gasps> really? in, the wing, in the wing third party comic they are not binary <laughs> do you know uh, um in zaid's server order of non-binary life forms yeah that is where mo's from that specifically oh. the wing third brush which is funny uh there's playback as well which is an actual character but i think etch is the oc and dieback i think is also the oc i can't remember but anyway uh you so can't he... remember your ocs shaking <laughs> my head i can't remember if that's like an actual obscure tf character or not so it's just like but um he joins this group of vigilantes and they find out or he finds out where this Nostrate is happening. It's happening in Ankhmore Park. And this is where Trick Diamond, um, Nightbird, and Swindle come in. Because Trick Diamond is the leader of the Mafia that runs Ankhmore Park. So Ankhmore Park technically has a senator, but it's paid off by the Mafia. Because I wanted Ooh. to make Trick Diamond a Mafia boss. So she's badass. And smokes Oh, I like that. And her uh, second in command is Nightbird slash Assassin, and they're also dating. He <laughs> <laughs> gays. Yes. Um. So, Trick Diamond um is essentially the antagonist of this like mini series, and so Jazz and his little group of vigilantes eventually go to Ankhmore Park and confront her to try and stop her from you know, continuing the NOS trade because it's, like, it's killing people because it's causing people's chassis to blow up. Like, it's really bad. Um, but, like, so it's like, a, it's like a casino heist um, miniseries, too, essentially, because in Ankhmore Park, because she's a mafia leader, most of Ankhmore Park is has casinos in it. So, Swindle uh, is the glorified um, accountant of hers. That works for her. <laughs> so, I don't know. He still gets to work with money. He's just her accountant. <laughs> Swindle from accounting. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Swindle from accounting. <laughs> Which I think is funny to be. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, so you got all these Transformers and are like, mm -hmm. oh, this one's a gladiator. This one's like, um, he's a scientist who's also a jet. And then there's Swindle from accounting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna keep saying it because it's so funny. It is. Fu it's really good. I like it. Um, like there's that. Um, sorry. There's this. Mm -hmm. There's this bot bot. Um, mm -hmm. that's a stapler, I think. Oh yeah. And, then pe yeah, yeah. and people just started calling him. Uh, what was it? I, I don't remember what they started calling him, but they called him something from accounting. Oh my god. Because he was an office supply. He is an office supply. Why is his name Stink Eye? Stink Eye Stapleton. Really? That's he does, sure does have a stink eye. What is happening here? He's got a little crack or something. Stink Eye from accounting. Stink Eye from accounting. <laughs> um, but yeah, they like eventually go to confront Trick Diamond. Things go wrong though, and Jazz uh and Trick Diamond's like, I'm going to ice all of you for trying to do this shit especially since like she knows that this is the group that's been like sabotaging her shipments of nos because like the way it works is that um there's the upper like levels of 
of the planet and there's the lower levels which is the underground tunnels and the underground system and they use the Nostrade uses the underground system specifically to try and like smuggle everything um and mirage obviously have being an outlier mirage is able to like go in and sabotage that stuff so yeah they've been a they've been a nuisance for trick diamond so she's like i should ice all of you but then you know luckily uh jazz has plot armor because also he's very famous like world-class famous and so they come to like an agreement of like you are never going to step foot in Ankmore park again and i'll let your group go um it doesn't really stop the nostrade essentially like it halts it just for a little bit but like it still keeps happening so essentially like at the end of the miniseries it's supposed to be like jazz using some of his money to not only open up his like bar but also to use that money to help like addicts obviously and like help them um oh i like that because like he's a philanthropist at heart philanthropist philanthropist at heart so he's able to do that and like it's i i the ending like a scene uh or ending panel is supposed to be like jazz looking at his bar and there is a like painted mural of hubcap like on Aww, the wall that's so yeah. sweet i like that yeah so i have like an idea how i want it to go visually it's just like dialogue wise and how like it works in regards to like beats and everything is going to be a bit difficult but that's why i'm doing screenwriting because it's good practice for not only this but like for making films so yeah oh that's huh. awesome yeah so i have like i don't know jazz is also second in command or second slash third like he shares command with alita because optimus is obviously leader of the autobots but then jazz and alita are <clears throat> by his side essentially oh, and that's so cool. she and he help him at least carry the burden because like at some point like Optimus literally is about to have a breakdown. He's like, I can't fucking handle this. And Jazz and Ellie, they're like, we're your friends. You sh you can share the load with us. It's fine. Okay, we're here to help you. Yeah, it's like, like <laughs> we know that. you're just like a dock worker, dude. <laughs> so we're going to help you. So. Oh, that's cool. I can't wait to like see your comic and the scores. <laughs> and then buying every, every single one of them. <laughs> I will sign them for you. What if I just like yes. grab and sign them and just send them to you so you could do them for free? <laughs> but like, uh, um, I want to support you. That would be very sweet. But like, um, I would also say that Alita is also a dock worker. So Alita and Orion are besties because they work at the same docks. <laughs> oh, that's funny. fun. Yeah, is she, I like is she big. Is she big? Oh, she's big. Oh, she's she is yes. a semi truck. She's literally like, I think she's like an inch taller than Orion. Like yes, she makes yes, fun yes, of him yes, for yes. it all the time. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Hold on. I like. I love. I might have my. Oh I no! Love I have big the lesbians. Oh, she's big. She's big. Like she's a big rig, lesbian, <laughs> essentially. I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love no, you're big fine. lesbians. I think there should be more just big women characters in Transformers. There should be. They're all so petite. Like, Our... it's fine. But also, women aren't all petite. It's so true. We need more body diversity 
because it's just like I don't know. It just there's shows so lack much of body creativity. Diversity. There's so much body diversity with the male characters, but there's very right? little diversity with the female characters. Yeah, it just it That's just makes me mad. I'm like, why is there like no body diversity for the women? I just like IDW two. That's what IDW two did a really good job with. At least is because like they introduced like Termagax, Strika, mm-hmm. Pyra Magna, and they're all big, and I love that. They yes. just look like big Actually, robots. Actually, Pyra, uh, Pyra Magna was in IDW one. Yeah, I think Striker was in like other continuities as well, but Pyra Magna like definitely got more of a, I guess like an important role in IDW two ish i do remember seeing her in idw1 though i still like that she's a combiner like i saw a victorian combiner toy at like a place at some at one point and i was like oh i kind of want that but oh same i want them victorian is just so cool but yeah um I don't know. More big women characters. Interesting. Hasbro, Hasbro, I am holding a gun at you. I'm, I'm still just mad about Flamethrower's RC. I just, why? Why did they put a belly button on her? Like she, she's a robot. She doesn't need that. It makes no sense. Do you remember that um to- that RC toy that came out a while ago where her boob was, where like her chest oh. was squishy? I think that's nicey, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that. Oh, that's the one thing. Yeah, that was... Hmm. <laughs> Still not good. Don't like it. Uh, But yeah, um, we get to see Alita and Orion as dock workers again. Or, yeah, I guess... Did Alita used to be a dock worker in G1? Alita? Or at least Ariel. Uh, Ariel. Um... I don't think so. She was just Optimus's uh, girlfriend and then became the leader of the Autobots on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I got you. Hold on. This is like such a work in progress, but that's also a leader one for my design for her. <gasps> oh, I think I saw this before. Yeah. This is the like- updated version because the older one is a bit rough. <laughs> She looks so cool. Oh, I love her. Ah. She's so big. I just love my Moon Racer too. She's just because she's definitely like a blur recolor essentially, but it fits her so well. It fits her so well. <laughs> so, oh, Megatron in this is also a dock worker, but he works in the docks of Kaon and Kaon, and he works with Strika. So her and Strika. He, he is Stryka. She her Megatron. She her Megatron. Um, he and Stryka work in the docks of Kaon, and Kaon's like one of the worst, um, the worst docks. Because essentially, like the the theme I'm going for with uh my continuity at least is um corporations bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, what's supposed to happen during the revolution is that Starscream's like, these guys suck, so we're gonna start assassinating CEOs. Oh, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love... Oh, man. I'm rooting for your Starscream. Yeah, Starscream um, goes into the Senate himself and assassinates the Senate. 
um, by infiltrating it essentially, and he kills Proteus and everything because Proteus is nice. a bad guy again. Yeah. Um. Because okay, so the plot plot wise, what essentially happens is that like, uh, Orion is tasked to ship this very important item to a research lab in Iacon. That is yeah. where he meets Shockwave. Shockwave is a really well-renowned uh, like researcher and scientist because they're the child, or they're, they're the mentee of Jaxus, and also oh, cool. twins with Soundwave, who is um, an overseer, essentially, which means they look over every information, like data on the planet because they work for the Senate. And so they're like, a, they're like a mole essentially um, when things actually start going down. But Optimus uh, Ryan delivers it. It's actually the matrix of leadership and Shockwave has been tasked to research it uh, just because like other people have tried to research it, other scientists have, and it finally got handed off to Shockwave. And what they find out uh, later within the first arc, which is like probably 40 to 50 issues I'm hoping to do, uh, is that Soundwave is like, yo, you need to get rid of that uh, because I found out the reason, the actual reason why the Senate wants you to research the Matrix and it's so they can find out who the next Prime is and kill them <gasps> so they can break the linear, the line of Primes because... There's Sentinel Prime, but he's not actually a Prime. He is more of, like, a figurehead. And they want to try and, like, break, like, the actual, like, cycle of it to see if it'll um, allow Sentinel to have the Matrix and, like, get, you know, his plot armor, essentially. And oh, interesting. Yeah. But Chalk was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> okay. That's not good. <laughs> and so... And this is, like, after... They've gotten into a relationship with Orion because, like, I think within the fir- literally the first um, issue, well, Orion's first like, sight. oh, Orion's like, oh, I've read your um, like history papers. They're really interesting. And Shockwave's like, oh, you have? Do you want to like go talk about it? <laughs> <laughs> That's gay. Yes, I, I love think it's it. Funny. Um, hold on, I'm putting this cute. in the chat. I meant to. Uh. I wanted to put that meme. I want to draw that meme at some point, but that's literally just Orion and Shockwave. <laughs> Me and the bad bitch I pulled by being autistic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> Orion definitely is, like, <laughs> and Shockwave also is. But they're like, Ooh, do you want to do you want to info dump together? <laughs> Essentially. That's so cute. I love it. Um, yeah. So they do get up getting in a relationship, but they have to break up. Um, because Shockwave is like. I'm about to do something that is like really, really, really gonna screw up our relationship, as in like erase my memory of ever meeting you because I want to protect you. <laughs> because, um, so memo surgery like is only theoretical in this continuity, and Shockwave has been the one that has been researching it, like the idea of it. And they technically, Ooh. it's not theoretical to them because they know it's possible and they've done it before, um, for like with people within their lab. And so they're like, this is like, you know, uh, DEFCON 1 or whatever. Like, we have to erase our memories of ever getting the Matrix into this lab and everything. 
so like everyone knows what's going on. But if like that pisses Sentinel off, and they get Emperor and Shadowblade because no. they take that memo, they take the memo surgery research and completely botch it or do it up like do it in like a really bad way, and so Shockwave's just like not doing so hot <laughs> like it's really bad and orion like finds out about it through the news he gets so depressed that like he does not show up to work he all he ever does is spend time at jazz's and he just keeps continuously gets drunk like he that's all he can do to cope Aww. which i think is fun to write because he is flawed as a person and i like that like if he gets really upset which he usually doesn't get upset he drinks, which is not good. And Jazz is like, dude, you gotta stop. Because Jazz obviously is like is one of his best friends and cares about him. So yeah. Um eventually Skids shows up and Skids is uh or was uh Shockwave's intern or like I don't know, not intern. Like uh assistant. one of yeah, their most like trusted assistant. And he hands um Optimus, like, um, like, uh, what is it called? An SSD card? It's a memory card. And it's uh -huh. like, this is... Oh, no. He does not hand him anything. But he says, look behind your bookcase in your apartment. Because Shockwave's been in his apartment a few times. Mm -hmm. And he goes and looks and sees that, like, they installed a, a secret panel. And he opens it and the Matrix of Leadership is in there. And there's also a little memory card that says, I'm still here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so cute! <laughs> so, like, that's supposed to give him some motivation. And so that's when he opens up the Matrix and the blue light envelops him. And then it goes into his chest. And that's when he oh, becomes... Oh, that's so intriguing! And that's, so that's when he gets the frame change. And so he's just like, oh, I'm a little bit bigger now. So, so he's stumbling around in his apartment because, like, he's like, what is going on? This is weird. But, yeah. He goes and quits his job as a dock worker and then eventually goes back uh, to Nova Cronum because Shockwave, um, since they knew, like, that he was going to be the next Prime, they were like, I'm going to take you on a date to this museum that's a historical museum because you really like history. But also, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, this is supposed to be, like, where you're supposed to go. So they took Ooh. take him to Nova Cronum to the not the inner sanctum but like the outer sanctum because the outer sanctum is like a huge museum and it has like the statues of thirteen primes and everything. So Orion goes underground and goes to Nova Cronum uh, with the help of Mirage. So he tells Jazz about this and he's like, "Okay, if you're gonna be you know moving around inconspicuously, then I have someone who can help out from back when I used to do this certain thing." Which is a callback, which means that people should have read the miniseries to be able to get the context for it. Mm. <laughs> um, but he goes to Nevercarnum and he meets Alpha Trion and Leech Maximo, who are the last two of the 13 primes that are left on the planet. And Alpha Trion's like, oh, I knew Shockwave. And it's like, I'm going to teach you how to be a prime. And so they're supposed to be like, you know, a little training montage for like a few issues of him learning how to do primary duties and stuff like that, which I think would be fun. But Ooh, during that time, I like it. Yeah, during that time, there's like the other side of the story, which has to do with Megatron, and Megatron's like he goes to 
Praxis, because uh, he is given the opportunity to work as a dock worker in Praxis, um, because they need more dock workers over there. And he meets Ratchet, and he starts, like, a relationship with Ratchet. Um, Teehee. Because this is, this is also Megatron, the Megatron who, like, wants to learn, like, medical stuff. Um, specifically, he wants to be a paramedic, because his... The people with his spark uh, are... Okay, this is another thing. <laughs> I have to explain. Um, so there are load-bearing sparks in this continuity, but they're a bit different. So they're a lot more common. But what load-bearing sparks means is that like you're able to haul things a lot like that are probably like five times your weight or like ten times your weight, like a lot easier than non-load-bearing sparks, essentially. And what that means is like there's certain jobs in regards to uh, what you're able to do uh, with a load-bearing spark. And I actually have that written down somewhere in my spreadsheet. Where's jobs? Here we go. So load-bearing, you can either be like a dock worker, an emergency corresponder slash paramedic, uh, working construction, mining, mining, shuttle, or warehouse worker. So it's like a lot of blue-collar jobs, essentially, I guess, is uh, what I would say. But... Being an emergency correspondent, that's what Megatron wanted to do. But they didn't have the opportunity to get, like, um, medical education. Because K-On sucks. Mm. Really bad. Um, but so he goes to practice and he's able to find it, able to learn it. And he meets Ratchet and Ratchet kind of teaches him. Because um, Praxis is, like, one of the academic cities. So they, like, give the opportunity for every person who lives in that city to uh, take classes if they wanted to um while working so megatron always takes advantage of that uh and he learns like how generous ratchet is like ratchet steals from the uh hospital he works at like he steals medical supplies and helps people who aren't able to afford it um so it's kind of like his little clinic in rodion i guess uh that he does but yeah there's a romance that happens there um megatron eventually just starts writing and gets those writings out i'm trying to like debate whether or not i should do that though because like i don't want it to be too from too similar to idw mm. um cursed but, thought yeah alexander hamilton is megatron <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm evil that is a cursed thought how could you <laughs> <laughs> He gets those writings out, he gets noticed by Starscream and Soundwave, and so Starscream is the one who approaches him and is like, do you want to be the face of the revolution? And Megatron's like, okay, sure. Eventually, it just, like, rolls down. Um, and, yeah, so the revolution kind of starts, and Optimus is off training to be a prime. <laughs> and so, finally, like, at some point, he joins in on the revolution with Megatron. And, like, Optimus is expected to give, like, this whole speech because he is the new Prime. And he's like, oh, I gotta instill some hope in these people. And he doesn't know what to do. And he fumbles over his words. Like, he doesn't, he's not used to it yet. And Megatron does not like him. Hmm? Oh, I know. I was gonna, no, uh, you just said something that, like, completely made my question irrelevant. Um, I was gonna ask, oh, does Megatron ghostwrite for him? But I'm guessing he doesn't. <laughs> he does not. 
No, Megatron does not like him. <laughs> he is like... He's like, hey, hey, Optimus, look at me. He looks at him, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like he he sees Optimus as like this person who is clearly unqualified to be a leader. Like he sees that, he sees through Optimus because like he knows that Optimus doesn't want to be doing this. And he sees that and doesn't like that at all. And so... I can see you're a faker, bitch. Yeah. And so Megatron's like, when we see each other again, it... What did I say? I can't remember. <laughs> He's like, when we see each other again, we are not going to be on good terms. It will not be friendly. Or something like that. I wrote it somewhere. Where did I write it? It's somewhere. <laughs> but, yeah. I think it's just interesting. Oh, here we go. You may have the whole of Cybertron behind your back, but I'll never follow you. Because I know deep down you don't want this. I can see it in your optics. Despite having an idea of what you want to see changed on this planet, despite having what you think are the best interests at Spark, you don't want to be Prime. You don't want to be a leader. So why should I follow someone who has no faith in himself to change the world for the better? Why should I follow someone blindly that the Primes beforehand have chosen? And he goes like, goodbye, Orion Pax. The next time we meet again, it won't be on friendly terms. And so it's just like, oh, oh, I like that. Yeah, like so he sees through Orion. He's like, I see you, and I don't like that. So, and then the war eventually starts, and then that all that goes down. The quintessence come though to try and like ravage the planet and take its resources because the quintessence um, use Sentio Metallico for specific reasons, but. In the past, like Cybertron had a really good a defense system to ward them off, so they never came back until, like you know, the war happens and the war the planet is ravaged and really weak, and so they come back. So eventually, Megatron and Optimus have to team up and war and fight the Quintessence, which is supposed to be like near the end of the war, and the war ends, and then we go to Mythos, which is the fun one because like. It's basically more than meets the eye slash lost light because it is Rodimus going off on a ship to find, you know, mythological figures. That definitely is lost light. <laughs> I will, like, I will not lie. <laughs> it takes but, the concept of, of lost light, but it's not going to be, like, exactly the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like he has to find the 13 primes to bring him back because... Unicron is awake now, and Unicron is going to come oh, and finish the job on Primus because Primus is now super duper weak because of the end of the war, and she can't protect herself. And so, and the way they find out is when Bumblebee is down, taken down to the core of the planet, and that's where we get to see him basically adopted by God. <laughs> he gets adopted by God and is like, oh. "Can you also help me?" She's like, can oh, you help me I out? That. I love I that you. so much. <laughs> so, yeah, they go on the quest to find the 13 primes to be like, we need you to combine again and help protect our planet from dying. Because, like, obviously, yeah. So that happens. And Unicron is killed, which is really, 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 really bad. And the reason is because... That throws off the entire balance of, like, Cybertronians everywhere. Like, even Velocitron and Caminus feel it. 
because they still have the connection. But when you take away, you know, yin and yang, everything's going to get fucked. So that balance is gone. And so now, like, the end of Mythos is searching for the, like, the newest, like, person who become essentially a vessel of Venacron. And that's mm. where Galvatron comes in. And Galvatron Ooh. is the one who gets chosen as the vessel of Venacron. And he's supposed to help essentially retain balance. Like the uh, Antichrist, but it's Prime. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I can't remember if I wrote down like what it's supposed to be. But yeah, that's like supposed to be the whole continuity, at least so far that they have. So there's like a lot of arcs and each arc is supposed to be like 40 to 50 issues. So it's supposed to be pretty long. Um, because I'm I want to just do like lore building and world building stuff in between as well because I think it'd be fun. But oh yeah. yeah, it sounds really fun. I think that is my continuity, at least so far. <laughs> it sounds very interesting. I can't wait to read it in stores. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not sarcasm. I really mean it. I understand. It's I just I want it to be a thing because I think it'd be so cool and like. I guess another reason why I call it IDW theory is because it's a love letter to IDW. Mm, yeah. So. And you wouldn't be like the first fan writer to be uh, like hired to be a writer because James Roberts was a fan. Uh, yeah. Ruckley was also a fan. Um, I don't like her, but um, Mar oh. Margaret oh. Scott was uh, yeah. a fan. Um. Oh. Oof. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, they were all fans, so you wouldn't true. be the first one. Very true. I'm trying to find it. Where is the thing? I talked about it like a bit ago. Where's my post? Did I not tag it properly? Uh, 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 dang, I can't find it. That's so sad. I was talking about it in like a Zaid server, though, about like how I wanted to have Galvatron be like a vessel a matrix Sounds holder but like yeah it's like instead of the matrix of leadership it's something else matrix of something <laughs> something i don't know matrix of evilness <laughs> <laughs> i think someone said like matrix of community which would be interesting because there's a leadership and then there's community which was very cool. Ooh. But um, I did want to have like a little like, I don't know, introspection with Galvatron because like, because he is now a vessel of Unicorn or like, you know, he has this, there's this, there's this expectation of him, of how people perceive him and how he might have to be evil and stuff and how he does not like that at all. Mm, um, that sounds interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, because someone said it really well as, like, bound by the will of the perception of others. And I'm like, that definitely is what it is going to be for Galvatron, essentially. So, oh, no. that that uh That is my continuity. Thanks for listening <laughs> to my very long TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's been the episode, then. Uh, hopefully we get to see more of your continuity, maybe in stores. Hopefully. Um, hopefully. Um, so that's been the podcast. Uh, 
I, I need to hurry up because I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> You're fine. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at a- aboacs uh, underscore pod. On Tumblr, uh, all because of a Curly Straw podcast. And uh, we're still working on the Patreon. I know I keep saying it, but we're working on it. Um, and yeah, that's it. Yes. Thank Very you for epic. listening. Thank Bye. you for listening.